Good afternoon, good evening, news source one, Michiana. 
This is Sylvia, your new first one, Michigan Director, as well as Ranking Manager for Michigan One One. Hope you get a chance to find some exciting things to do on this cold and rainy day here in Indiana. Some places got hit harder than we did. We could celebrate this rainy weather. We also need to remember our brothers and sisters in Christ and Turkey as they are dealing with thousands of deaths following a recent earthquake. For today's Mission 101, you will hear a lot of what's happening within our schools, within Elkhart County as well as St. Joe County, and what that looks like for the future of our children. It is a tough road ahead, but we know that God is in control. I pray that you find ways to remember to be thankful for what you got, that you continue to embrace the journey that you're on, if you're on a positive journey, or if you're struggling, that you find ways to strengthen your abilities, whatever that looks like. Remember, you are loved, you are powerful, you are courageous, you are brave, and you are a child of God. Take care and have a wonderful day. For today's thought, we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And it simply says, rejoice always, pray continually, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. So we're supposed to be rejoice in everything that we do. Give thanks in all circumstances. Sometimes we all go through difficult times where we don't know what we can do to a better situation. And this could be terrible circumstances. It could be a family member is sick. It could be maybe you're struggling to pay bills. Maybe you're struggling with a co-worker, a friend. Maybe you're trying to figure out where your next meal is going to be, how you're going to survive. This day and age, everything's gone up. The price of living has gone up. And we're supposed to pour into this, give thanks in all circumstances. But if we stay continually praying to the Lord, everything will work itself out and always rejoice. We may not have much, but we always have something. When there's a will, there's a way. Sometimes <clears throat> we have to let go of that self-pride and ask for the help and confront whatever's happening just so we can get on with our lives. So a lot of times we just fall short of God's glory. We fall short of who he is and we don't know which way to turn. And we just collapse under pressure and as we're always collapsing we just have to remember who God is that we are in control and we remember to write our story and our story may be that of a craziness but sometimes we just need to take a step back and simply rejoice always pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances now, there is three, simple three things that are difficult to do. Some of you can pray continually, but some of us forget to pray. Times are tough. We fall short of God's glory. We forget. Some of us will blame God for circumstances out of our control. But let me take a step back. They will work itself. Everything works within itself. 
And sometimes it's changing something. It's changing atmosphere, changing lifestyle. For you to fully, really think about what you have going on in life. For example, those of you listening, if you have a home or one place to go, thank God that you have one place to go. If you are able to have food, thank God you have food. Those of you who have kids in school, your kids are getting fed daily. You may not have much at home, but your kids are getting taken care of at school. Thank God that the kids are getting fed. They're at least getting something in their stomachs. They're learning something. If you have a vehicle, if you have water, if you have clothes on your back, you have more than most people in this world does. There's people who have nothing, but they are satisfied. They give more to the world and then the rich people do. Or the middle class. Or the poor working class. Whatever you fall in, whatever you fall in. Not everyone has fancy dancy things. Not everyone can afford the rich, adorous, fabulous life. But we all can praise God for what we do have. Do you ever feel like you don't have nothing? Remember, you have it all. You have more than the most people in this world. You are rich in the eyes of God. Depends how you look at it. There is a will, there is a way. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. For he works in ways we cannot see. Remember to rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances, whether positive or negative, to see God's will be done in your life. Take care and have a wonderful week.
uplifting positivity from finding joy. It's titled, Take Time. Take a moment to see the good. To remember the smiles. To remember the moments. To remember the little things. To be thankful. To be grateful. Take time to see the wonderful in this world. The more you see the good, the more you inspire others to see it as well. Ripple. Words are by Rachel Marie Martin. You can find more information on FindingJoy.net. The next few segments will focus on school news and the surrounding counties of Elkhart County as well as St. Joe County as well as information in Michigan public school system. It's been a while since there has been any school news that really draws attention. And some of the challenges with school news is you hear about it all the time. Social media, there's always some type of disagreement in between both parties. School news is very important in the way that it is. There will be one of the school news is challenging within itself. Where do we draw the line? How do we decide to make sure our kids have the best education possible? All schools are struggling. What makes one school better than the other, one district better than the other? There's a lot of new stuff happening, some concerns making life a little bit complicated for the school systems. There's gonna come a point where it's gonna be difficult to give the children, the youth, a adequate education they need because of the, the ridiculousness of the school systems and school boards. That's a nice way to put it. They think they hold all these meetings and all this stuff, but they already have a decision made and they do need a way and they don't think about the community and community standpoint. And people wonder why the school systems are failing like they are. Now, with these school news that's happening, it's been interesting to see how they turn out and what happens. Sometimes we need to take a step back. What's important for our youth of the future? What have we done inconsistently? It has been a struggle since 2020 within a school system, education standpoint. Teachers are leaving the profession. Students are leaving school districts to go to a better school district. Teachers are leaving to go to a better parent profession or switching school districts because change is, change is happening. Although school news can go we can all sorts of way. I could spend forever talking about school news and these three different segments, the positive, the negative of them. But let's take a time to think about the children of our future. What can you do to make sure your children or the youth have a better education in the next few years? That they will graduate on time. That they will be able to have the best learning experience possible. Really think about the children and how 
chaotic life has been for them since 2020. The world has completely changed since March of 2020. The story is new for you at 6 o'clock. WSBT 22 Operation Education reporter Kristen Bain shows us the school will incorporate the arts into the school day every day. The Premier Arts Academy will be the first kindergarten through sixth grade charter school in Elkhart County. It will open in August here at the future Lifeline Youth Ministries building. Open enrollment is happening right now, but only for one more week. In 2020, in the midst of a pandemic and virtual learning, the Elkhart Education Foundation with Ashley Molyneux at the helm opened EdCamp. So EdCamp was a wonderful program. Kids did their e-learning at the Ethos Innovation Center with the help of staffers at Lifeline Youth Ministries. And then they participated in fun activities like art, music, and martial arts. We saw that excitement and it was honestly during one of those walkabouts that I was like, we could do this all the time. And soon she will be. First of all, it's going to be a game changer for Elkhart County and the surrounding region. Uh, we're our first public chartered school in the area. The Premier Arts Academy will open in the fall as the first public charter school in Elkhart County for kindergarten through sixth graders. If Premier Arts sounds familiar, that's because the organization is already well established in Elkhart for community theater and art and music education. I mean, youth programming has been a, a really a huge focus for Premier Arts for the past 15 years. This is just a natural next step, honestly. My expertise in education comes from years in the education space, and we've partnered together to create something really special that we've been hearing from our community that they want an option like this. So that's how this all came to be. The Premier Arts Academy will be authorized by Ball State University, which will monitor the school's academic and financial performance. The school will be tuition-free for families. Open enrollment is happening now. Soon, Molyneux will begin hiring teachers. What an incredible opportunity we have to hire teachers who want to teach in this way, who are excited to do something new and out of the box. Those teachers will integrate the arts into all the academic content areas. They'll use challenge-based learning, meaning kids will work to solve real-world problems. That they then take those solutions and present to the world at community expos. So if this is something where they really are having to collaborate and um, read for authentic reasons and write. Plus, Molyneux says because the school is much smaller than a traditional public school, there will be a lot of opportunities every day for small group instruction. So those are the things that we're doing to make sure every kid not only gets what they want in the arts and in these fun activities, but also exactly what they need in that leveled small group every single day. That's what Jessica Garcia wants for her two children. Some kids can read a book and then they can just execute the math problems. My child, he needs, he needs to be fully engaged. Um, he needs hands-on learning. Her oldest son, Aiden, flourished in ed camp in 2020. I love meeting new people, making new friends. And Garcia saw the impact that type of environment had on other kids as well. I was the front desk administrative person. <laughs> I, I was the first face that you saw when you walked in the building. They definitely, you could just see how in tune they were. With, they were present. 
they were truly present. Now she's hoping for the same fun learning environment at the Premier Arts Academy. I feel like I'll be able to learn more. Honestly, I'm just so excited. I am so excited for my kids to just be excited. Molyneux estimates there will be around 175 students in the K through 6 grades for the first year. 7th and 8th grades will be added in the coming years. I'll put a link on our website where you can go to learn more about the school and enrollment. And coming up on Wednesday, Operation Education is looking into how the school will be held accountable to taxpayers and families. In the studio, Kristen Bean, WSBT 22 News. Now at 6, the Premier Arts Academy will open at Elkhart in the fall. Now this is a brand new public charter school, and that means it will be funded similarly to traditional public schools, but independent of the public school system. Operation Education reporter Kristen Bain looking into who will be holding this new school accountable. The Premier Arts Academy will be funded using state and federal dollars similar to the traditional public school in your neighborhood. But there are also big differences. Charter schools don't receive local property tax dollars. Their school boards also aren't elected by voters. There are still ways for families and state leaders to make sure the school is doing what it's supposed to do. It all starts with a charter school application. It's required by law. They don't just let anybody start a school. It's a 600-page proposal and multiple hearings and interviews to make it all happen. It was actually more than 800 pages. First of all, it's going to be a game changer for Elkhart County and the surrounding region. Ashley Molyneux and others with the nonprofit organization Premier Arts submitted that application to Ball State University. The charter is really a contract. It's a contract between the, the nonprofit board and Ball State saying, this is what we agree upon. This is the kind of school we're going to run and this is how we're going to do things. That means Ball State will track the school's financial and academic progress. And it has the ability to revoke the school's charter at any time. We really are the um, public accountability arm for charter schools. So it's we really are acting on behalf of the public's interest in ensuring that a school is doing the things they said they're going to do, um, that they are responsibly using public funds, you know, that they are legally compliant with federal and state law. Basically, we're teaching the content areas through the lens of something kids love, the arts. The Premier Arts Academy will open in the fall for kindergarten through sixth graders. It will be the first of its kind in the region, integrating art, music, and theater into the daily academic learning. People think of it as kind of fluffy, like, oh, they'll be singing and dancing all day. But in actuality, arts integration is just taking an art form, maybe it's visual arts, and pairing it with something like um, the physics of flight and putting it together and help having kids find a more concrete way to understand what thrust and drag and gravity look like. While charter schools are independent of the public school system, in Indiana, they still have to meet academic and financial benchmarks. Really, chartered schools are um, held accountable by two organizations, not only the IDOE, but also their, their authorizer, in our case, Ball State. Premier Arts Academy students will still be required to take state tests. The school will still have to report enrollment, graduation, and other academic data. Plus, charter schools in Indiana are required to undergo financial audits every year, more frequently than traditional public school corporations. In Indiana, charter schools are all required by law to have a, an annual audit. And but in our case, we actually pay for the auditor and have 
the same auditor for all of our schools. And that way, you know, we really are ensuring that all of our schools are held to the same standard. The school will be located in the Lifeline Youth Ministries building, which is currently under construction. It will be free for students because its funding comes from a per-pupil formula of state and federal dollars. Nationally, there are concerns about how charter schools are impacting public school systems as larger districts see declining enrollment numbers. Well, it's important uh, that we give kids opportunities. Elkhart Mayor Rod Robertson, who attended Elkhart Community Schools, as did all of my family, says this new schooling option could help all public schools in Elkhart County. What I'm concerned with is enlarging, uh, is creating more opportunity for more kids, thereby raising the quality of education, which will encourage more people to come and live in Elkhart, which will benefit not just this charter environment, but it will benefit our public schools as well. He says he wants to make sure the new school is held accountable, just like the other public schools in the area. Those are the types of things in our community that we're helping to kind of dispel those myths and uh, make everybody realize that we're here just to work together for the best, best opportunity for kids in the community. Open enrollment is happening for another week. So far, more than 100 students have enrolled. I'll put more information on our website about how the school is making sure it's diverse and offers special and high-ability education. In the studio, Christian Bean, WSBT 22 News. Did you know that February 13th through February 17th is National Random Acts of Kindness Week? With February 17th actually being National Random Acts of Kindness Day? What can you do to show kindness to others? If you have a child that's in the school system, maybe you could send a card with your student for a teacher. Maybe you want to volunteer at a local homeless shelter or a local shelter in your area or a local agency that helps out throughout the year in your local area. Maybe it's being kind to the cashier or retail worker, wherever you are at through the day. Sometimes it's also Valentine's Day is also during this random asset kindness day. So maybe it's surprising a loved one with something unexpected out of the blue. And that could be a lot of things depending on where you are, who you are. Sometimes maybe it's thanking your delivery drivers, having a special bin just for them. There's a lot that you can do during Random Acts of Kindness Week, showing kindness to everyone you meet. Hope you find ways to show kindness during the week of February 13th through February 17th. Take care. Here is another positivity encouragement from Finding Joy. It's called failing. This word is not a negative thing. Sometimes we think that failing means the worst, but if it means we've tried, and what if it's in trying, we aren't failing, but we are learning, growing, and changing our lives. That's living. These words are by Rachel Marie Martin. Take care. Good evening and thanks for joining us at 11. I'm Terry McFadden. Happening tonight, the South Bend Community School Corporation launches Phase 2 of the Facilities Master Plan, and they want your feedback. 
Monica Murphy joins us now from the newsroom with more on how you can get involved. Monica. Yeah, you know, consultants have been working on this plan for nearly 18 months, and they've been asking the community for feedback every step of the way. Tonight, they presented three possible scenarios before the board. Take a look. Big changes could be coming to the South Bend Community School Corporation. During a school board meeting Monday night, Fannie Howie and HPM presented possible scenarios for a facilities master plan. Their purpose? To tackle declining enrollment and help improve student options and achievement. The corporation says in 2007, there were just a little over 21,000 students enrolled in the district. But by 2024, it's expected to drop to 14,200. Moreover, eight out of the 15 elementary schools are enrolled below 75% of capacity. And every high school other than Adams is enrolled below 60% capacity. We realize that, you know, there's a lot of things that has to happen in the interim, but we want to just really ensure where it is we're going so that we can make sure that we're spending dollars in the short term on projects that make sense. The scenarios were developed to help create clear feeder patterns so families understand where they will attend K through 12 and reduce the facility burden of the district to get more dollars into the classroom. Scenario A had, you know, maintains the four high schools that we have now. Um, scenario B goes down to three high schools and scenario C goes down to two high schools. All of the scenarios get us to a point where we have clean, understandable feeder patterns, K-12. So one elementary school feeds to one middle school and feeds to one high school. No one is voting on any of the scenarios. Right now, they are just evaluating and want the community's feedback. There's going to be some common themes that we identify, and that'll help us develop a recommendation uh, to the board. We want to come forward with a recommendation that's palatable to the community. And you can participate in an online survey. Community meetings actually start tomorrow. There are also virtual options for you. For more information, though, just head to our website. Terry. Monica Murphy reporting live tonight in the newsroom. Monica, thanks for the update about what South Bend schools could look like in the future. It might mean saying goodbye to Clay or Riley High School. Our own Jack Springate joins us live from the newsroom. Jack, how are people reacting to the possibility of moving down to two or even three high schools for the entire district? Yeah, Lauren, I spoke with several people who've graduated from Riley High School, which would downsize to a middle school if the school corp goes with option three. I'll show you those in just a sec. They all said that losing Riley would be like losing a part of this city, but some of them also understand why that option is on the table in the first place. Nancy Scales grew up a Riley Wildcat. It's where she was taught to run track at just five years old, only to return the favor in 1984 as the first woman from this area to hurdle her way to a state championship. She says Riley High School is something South Bend just can't afford to lose. It breaks my heart because, you know, Riley is the, that's the backbone of the Southeast side. And that school has been here forever, you know, even when it was a middle school and then became a high school. South Bend schools shared three ways to move forward with their facility master plan, the first of which would keep all four high schools operating as they are. It would create a clear feeder pattern from one school to the next, but it would also be the least efficient use of space and saves the least amount of money. Option B would mean the district drops down to three high schools. It would be a more efficient use of the space and save the district more money than option A, but it would also mean the end of Clay High School. Option C would take us down to two high schools by not only vacating Clay, but by also turning Riley into a middle school. This would maximize the district's savings and use of their spaces while also creating two fully enrolled high school environments, but it comes with an emotional cost. 
I spoke with a Riley grad who now works at a school district elsewhere. She says she understands where the school corp is coming from, but thinks they can stop short of closing down two high schools. I do think that's something that merits attention. It saves money, it saves energy, reduces carbon footprint, all of those benefits. Um, but when we look at the actual breakdown, I don't know that it makes sense to close two because I do think that there's value in maintaining those mid-sized school communities. While Wednesday wraps up the last in-person meetings of the facility master plan, there will be virtual community meetings on this topic from February 13th through February 17th. And another reason why using your voice in these talks is important is because it's not just a vote for A, B, or C. All of these options will likely change at least just a little bit based on the feedback from the community before any final selection is made. Stay tuned at 6 to hear why one woman says there's more frustration than feedback when she took the master plan survey. But for now, reporting live in South Bend, I'm Jack Springgate, 16 News Now. All right, Jack, appreciate the update. Well, the community meetings do continue tonight. Two are being held tonight, both beginning at 530 Starting Monday, virtual meetings will be held online. Here we are in the year 2023. We are back to another event that has occurred that happened a few years ago. And this is a threat hoax. And this time it's happening in Michigan schools. A caller, an unidentified caller, using a Google number, calls in with a heavy accent, gives the name of a school with an address as well as they're saying they're a teacher within the school system whatever school that they're sending the threat to and they completely say a student shot another student and they give exact room number this prompts the school to go down an immediate lockdown while the police have to investigate what's happening sometimes these are fake hoax but they investigate as it is serious some of the schools where the hoax has issued the schools have to close for today or half the day because it's, they're taking it seriously. This could be a rare event where there, what if there was a actual school shooting and somebody is pretending to call in? How would they feel if it was one of their own? Now, one of the things that I have done. <laughs> If a Google number has called, you can type in the Google number in the Google search bar to see what pops up. A lot of times, it will pop up some funky number, and it will list some business, but these are not always true. What makes an individual so bored with their lives want to call the schools and say there is a school shooting happening? Now, this happened, I believe, in the early pandemic stages which would have been around 2020 to 2022, where they, but this time it happened in Indiana, places where they were calling the schools and saying that there was a school, there was a bomb threat or something happening in the schools. And so that would prompt the police and everyone else to go investigate and kind of find out it's not true. But there has been situations where there is an active shooting at a school that has occurred. Or there is a deadly event that has occurred at these schools. But to call in a threat and you cannot identify who it is, doesn't make the situation any better. What has the individual did to individual employ, individual employee of the school of the school? 
Or is it somebody just Googling random places in Michigan and saying this is a hoax? We don't know the details, but that's the basic details of who it is. They do know it's a Google number. And so being this Google number, can anyone just create a phone number? And so there has to be, at some point, the person on the other end should be held accountable. You would think that they would be held accountable for making these threats. A lot of times, it would go unnoticed that a threat has occurred. But if this was a real active shooting situation, and this person is calling in, the police will not be there quick enough. Every police district in the school system has took promptly, has went to the school and investigated, has found nothing in that school. Or they will go to the school and room number does not exist. So, oh goodness, clearly this individual has nothing better to do. And so it highlights the points of what if there was an actual school threat or actual bomb threat into our schools versus the ones that are fake. What happens if this would have been a true situation? There would have been several schools in Michigan that would have had school shooting within the last few days because of some person who has nothing better to do but threaten these schools. It comes to a point in life where we just need to think about before we react to situations. Before we respond, figure out what's going on. A lot of times when there's a bomb threat, if a school parents were to receive a bomb threat from the school, called there has been a bomb threat in the school, after shooting in the school, that parent is going to assume that their kid is not okay. And so then you get parents who are panicking and trying to reach their kid. And so we're in 2023. So this has happened again. They have switched counties. It used to be Indiana. Indiana was the first one back in the day. A few years ago. Now it's Michigan. There are 50 states. So which of the other states will be the next person to get these threat hoax in? That should not be happening. And so there has to be a fine line. Is it that the adult needs some type of help that he or she is not getting? Is he or she have low self-esteem that they feel that they need to call in? We don't know the circumstances behind this individual that is calling these threat hoax in. And so it takes time for us to really think about what's happening. And see, I'm somebody who works for the schools. I work in elementary school. And far too often, there are individuals who are hurting on the inside. And they say things, I wish I could do this. I wish whatever. And so they're reaching out. But what can we do as a community to reach out to people who are hurting? What can we do to better the light one around us? Clearly this person... Whatever his or her motive was is the wrong one. Nobody should be calling into any schools or any place with an active shooter threat or bomb threat or any type of violence. 
And there, like I said, there could be times where these are actually real threats that are being called into the school. Where the police have to respond promptly and there is active shooter in the school or there is active bomb, a bomb found in the school. So mainly this school is placed on lockdown. No one's in or out of the school. You can get to the school, but you're not getting out of the school. And so there's a lot that goes into the timing of what triggers somebody to do this. If there was, if they actually do find an individual who has called in these threats, what does that individual do? What do you do as a person? And so, it is up to us. If you have a teenager or a young person or a young adult who attends college or elementary or is going through something difficult, make sure... They are aware that they should not be calling in active shooter threats to anybody or bomb threats. Have a little chit-chat with them and find out what's going on. It could be that this individual has some type of mental illness that we're unaware about. Maybe they're calling out. How can you, as an individual, help out a situation if there were an active shooter situation? Sometimes we fall short and we don't know who to turn to. If you are in need of help, get the help that you need. If you are somebody who is thinking about or know somebody that's thinking about participating in violence within the school system or anywhere, get them the help that they need. All it takes is one person to make a difference in the life of one individual. Take care. that will probably benefit a lot of people in the community. This event will take place on Saturday, February 18th from 9 to 12 p.m. and you'll be able to choose from 500 prom dresses for free. Any high schooler with their student ID can get one for free and $10 thereafter. It will be hosted at Jefferson Elementary in Plymouth. The address for Jefferson Elementary is 401 English Street in Plymouth, Indiana. And this is brought to you by Promenade to Prom, the Plymouth Tri Kappa. And there also will be accepting prom dresses donations to continue their work. If you know a local high schooler in a local area, make sure that they attend the free prom dress event happening on February 18th from 9 to 12 p.m. Take care and have a wonderful day. Did you know if you are a resident of Indiana, you may qualify for a unified tax credit, and that is if you're elderly. Some of the requirements are you may be able to claim the unified tax credit if you or your spouse meets the following requirements. You and or your spouse are age 65 or older by the end of the tax year. You are to file a joint return if you are married and living together at any time during the year. Your federal adjusted gross income must be less than 10000 You must claim the credit by June 30th of the tax year. You must have been a resident of Indiana for six months or more during the tax year, and you must not have been in prison for 180 days or more during the tax year. The credit can range from anywhere from $40 to $140.
depending on your age, marital status, and income, and it must be claimed no later than June 30th following the close of the tax year. The people who are eligible for this is anyone 65 or older at the end of the tax year. For more information, you can head over to the irs.gov website for more information. Take care and have a wonderful day.
Come
calling all young entrepreneurs, especially the kids. You can attend the North Webster Community Center is looking for young entrepreneurs. They will be having a kids business fair and this will take place on March 18th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can bring your products, services, and talent. And the website for that is www.nwcommunitycenter.org. You can give them a call at 574-834-1600, extension 222. The registration deadline is March 3rd. Registration will be $10 per person. Registration concludes a 10 by 10, one, one eight inch table and two chairs, one booth space per business. The cash prizes will be the highest business potential, will be the Canada Second Division, the most best presentation of 35th grade division, and the most original idea. A sixth grade, eighth grade division. This is Kazi Oscos County, largest kids business fair that has been running strong for many years. Designed to give kids the opportunity to learn about owning and operating their own business and selling a product or service. Kiddos are encouraged to come up with an idea, make it themselves, or provide a service and earn money. Parents are encouraged to be lesson givers, supportive helpers, and silent partners. We encourage the entry fee to be earned through the child's business or borrowed from an investor. With the exception that this will be repaid in a timely manner. Parents of younger children may sit in their space, but the children are responsible for the setup, sales, interacting with the customers. Each young entrepreneur will receive a t-shirt if registered before March 3rd. You can visit their website. Once again, it is www.nwcommunitycenter.org. Or you can call their office at 574-834-1600, extension 222. Take care and have a wonderful day. Mishawaka Parks and Recreation Department invites you to the Luminary Walk on February 10th from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Attendees will set off from the Ball Band Bar Garden and travel a lightened path around the Riverwalk and back again. They will have food trucks, hot cocoa, and much more. This is a free event. It is open to all ages, so come out and help us beat the winter blues by lighting up the night. Take care.
should everyone be what they want to be, including you. You think you've got to hide it. Don't keep it on the shelf. Let your waist start moving. Watch the way I do it, do it. See me do it like nobody. Take my eyes off of it, moving so phenomenally through my 
This will conclude News Source for Michiana, Michiana 101 for today. Hope you get a chance to just engage with an education system, whether you live in Elkhart County or St. Joe County. We pray for all the children around the world as they end the school year out strong. We only got three, about three and a half months to go until school's out. Pray that you be with this world right now, especially our brothers and sisters in Turkey, as they just experienced a re- recent earthquake. We also continue to be with our brothers and sisters in Memphis, Tennessee, that you find ways for them to get justice that they need, as there's still more details coming out on that situation. We pray for this world. Be with everyone as they go about their day. Be with them on today as they remember who they are and show them you are in control of their story. Before we forget, we are a child of you. Hope and pray these in your name. Amen. Have a wonderful week.